Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Tonight I will be calling Miranda Smith, who currently lives in Provo, Utah. Hello? Hi, is this Miranda? This is she. How are you tonight? I'm pretty good, thank you. Thank you for having me tonight. Well, thank you for being willing to be on the podcast. I had a great visit with your mother, and I don't know if mm-hmm. you had a chance to listen to to that episode, but she's truly amazing. I did listen to it, yeah. She's she's a wonderful lady. Yeah. Well, since we've never met, why don't you uh, start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself and let us get to know you a little. Sure. Yeah, my name is Miranda Renee Smith. If you listened to the last podcast, um, that is my mom. I am 24 years old and I go to BYU in Provo right now. I'm actually studying musical theater and I'm in my first year of the program, which I think is kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit more tonight. Great. And yeah, musical theater is my main thing. I'm also very into like energy healing and coaching, having, you know, been raised by my mother and with her experience with, you know, natural holistic healing. So that's a very big part of my life as well. Very cool. So what got you interested in theater? Um, you know, I, (laughs) it's funny. I didn't really, none of my family was super into it. I mean, my sister was kind of a part of it with me when we were younger, when our mom put us in, you know, little like church theater productions, just small little simple things. And I just always loved it so much. And I just wanted to keep doing it. And I thought it was so much fun. And so it just kept going. And I that became my extracurricular throughout elementary and middle school and high school. And I just knew at an early age that I wanted it to be my career. So it, it was really just, you know, I was in a one production and then the theater bug bit and that was it. <laughs> that was it. That's all it took. Huh? Mm-hmm. So where do you see yourself going with this profession? So I want to be, I want to do it like professionally as my career. And so the mainstream thought is going to New York City and being on Broadway, which I would absolutely love to do. And I kind of intend on doing that. I'm also very interested in lots of the professional regional theaters around Utah, though. Like there's Tuacon and there's the Muni and just other professional theaters around the country that I have heard very good things about and look like they're a lot of fun. So just any sort of professional theater, whether that's on Broadway or just in regional theater, just somewhere where I can do it for a living. Is this something you have to have a college degree to do? What do you think about that? Uh, No, I don't think you do. (laughs) (laughs) For a long time, I wasn't in the musical theater program that I'm in now. And so for me, the only other option was to drop out of school. So I, I toyed with that for a long time. And I was prepared to just go and perform without a degree and just with training under my belt from, you know, different teachers and mentors. And that's really, that's all you need. I mean, there's like actors equity card when you get into really professional productions, but no, you really don't need a college degree. Interesting. So what drives you and pushes you to continue on at BYU and Provo there? I mean, it's an experience I've always wanted. Uh, Both my parents went here, and so I kind of spent every summer growing up touring the campus and having ice cream at the creamery, and just it's always been 
nostalgic and I just have very fond memories of this place. So it was really kind of the only place that I knew that I wanted to go to school. And, you know, now that I'm in my dream program, I learned about the music dance theater program at BYU and I knew that I wanted to do it. And it was just an experience that I really wanted to have. Not only was the training going to be really important for me, but just the experience of studying what I wanted to do in college and just having an experience living away from home, studying what I love. That's just something I've always wanted. And especially at BYU where I kind of grew up. So it's just the experience, I guess. Yeah, just uh, having that college experience that uh, you really can't mm-hmm. describe it until you've done it or you lived it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got some great memories as well from BYU. I attended there and graduated in, gosh, I hate to even say this, 1989. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Very yeah. good. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we drove wagons and had horses, you know. <laughs> no. So what would you say to somebody who, I mean, I think it takes a special kind of personality to pursue theater. Well, would you agree with that? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's from what I've seen, it's a very kind of made fun of profession. (laughs) Why is that? that? You know, the the whole starving artist joke is just a big stereotype, which I've definitely heard. And, you know, it, it comes from a real place. Artists are notoriously poor (laughs) sometimes. I don't always like to buy into that that stereotype and that mindset since it is the career that I'm pursuing. But the whole idea is like your fate or whatever is in the hands of a casting director or, you know, some other director. And you just have to, it's just dependent on your talent. And I think like your energy, quite frankly, that you bring to each audition and each performance. And so it can be seen as a risky business for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about having that kind of personality, that energy. I think it also takes, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I've, I've never been in that arena, but what about courage? Just that courage to stand up in front of people and perform. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to get very comfortable with, like, the embarrassment of flopping, which is just like anything in life. As I grow older and more mature, I'm learning that, you know, if I want to make big strides in any area of my life, I have to be willing to take risks and to risk right. failure. But for sure, that is the one, this area of my life performing is the department of my life where I've had to encounter that the fastest since I've been doing it my entire life. And for me, it was a really rough go because I was auditioning for my program for many years and I wasn't getting a callback and it was just really hard and it was really sad and in the meantime I was taking some of the same like acting classes as all the other people who were in that major and you know they all knew that they were in the major and I was kind of the only one who wasn't and so it just took a lot of courage and (laughs) and a lot of having my own back to just even show up to class every day to continue training and to continue believing that like you know if I keep trying my best then it will pay off whether I get into this program or something better. But it was really hard and it was really embarrassing for a long time, but then it did all pay off. It's just super vulnerable. A super vulnerable profession? I mean, yeah. And just the craft itself is like, you know, a big part of acting is 
kind of drawing on your own emotions and your own human experience. And sometimes that can be a vulnerable place to go and to showcase in front of an audience. Yeah, I can imagine. Are you an animated person, Miranda? Do you consider yourself animated and just out <laughs> there that way? Like in terms of like personality? Like yeah, yeah, lively? personality, personality. Um, you know, I'd say it depends on the group of people I'm with, but you know, I think so for the most part. Yes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Do you have yeah. to be that in order to be successful in that field? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, good. That's that's actually I, good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think you know, not not every role that needs to be played is is an upbeat one. Like, mm -hmm. I think a really cool part of performing is just being able to showcase different stories and different people and people's different experiences which is not always happy it's sometimes sad too i think you just have to have your own back like emotionally and know that you are talented enough to and you will have the capacity to portray somebody else and somebody else's experience and story even if it's fictional somebody can always relate to it yeah. to be able to portray that on stage as best as you can and you by no means have to be a bubblier animated personality type at all i don't think right so then what you're saying is you have to have the type of personality that can adapt that can play different roles when called for yes i think that's very accurate yeah and sometimes you don't always fit into every single type like you may be able to act multiple different people and personalities very well but sometimes you still won't always book the role just because you don't look the part or there's you know it's just highly competitive and they're just looking for some other energy or again look to fit the role but it's definitely helpful if you know how to put yourself in the shoes of multiple different personalities and people uh, i can imagine that would be important so I've read about certain celebrities and they've gone through quite a bit in their lives to get to where they are today. They've, they've overcome a lot. And I think you know what I'm talking about when you read about certain actors or mm -hmm. actresses, but what's the mm -hmm. hardest thing you've had to overcome thus far in your short life? I honestly just think it's what I was saying earlier about the embarrassment and all the, the vulnerability <laughs> I had to face. Cause you know, Getting into program I'm in now has always been the biggest goal of like my life. I had it for about eight years, that goal, um, ever since I found out about the program. And when you learn about something that you want so badly from such a young age, you just, you put it on a pedestal and it just becomes your end all be all. And then when it starts to look like that might not happen, you're just crushed and you're devastated and you just start questioning, like, am I even good? Am I even talented? And that's definitely what I went through is just like, Am I delusional? Am I crazy? Like, I thought I was somewhat good at this, but maybe not. But I, I just had to bet on myself enough to keep showing up to decide that I wanted the goal badly enough, that my love for performing and doing this craft was deep enough to keep coming back and to keep showing up and to keep getting the feedback from my teachers and my professors, even if it was really negative and really embarrassing, if, if all of my my peers, you know, were getting really positive feedback and I wasn't so much. Nothing was more embarrassing or more hurtful than those moments in class when I just felt delusional for continuing to try and when other people were seeing me, you know, fall behind and not be in the same spot that they were in the program. Yeah, it's kind of easy to 
get caught in that trap of comparing yourself, you know, to other people. I think we all do oh, that. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's yeah. not the best thing, is it, to do? I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, I think it can be done in a healthy way. I definitely have learned from my peers who are further in the program than me and learned how they approach certain scenes or songs or something and the way they go about it. And, you know, I, I definitely try and ask questions when I do want to learn from the people who know more than me, but it can be a slippery slope. It's a very fine line between learning and being inspired by somebody who is just, you know, just a shining star and doing so amazing on stage and, you know, beating yourself up because you're not where they are yet and you're not, you know, doing what they're doing. Again, just outside perspective here, I think that people who go into that profession experience, particularly in the beginning, I would say, a lot of failure before they finally catch hold of something that they, they can really say, this is for me, you know, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's certainly what I went through. I had four rejections from the program before things finally turned around for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm evidence that that's true. And it's also a profession, I would imagine, that you're going to get critics all over the place. Not just mm-hmm. not just you, because you'll probably be your worst critic, but you'll hear <laughs> you'll hear things. And I think it might take a little bit of having good, positive self-esteem in order to kind of weather mm-hmm. that storm. What do you think about that? I mean, absolutely. My mom has been, it's been really great having the mom that I do because she's, you know, very into the world of self-help, like coaching and life coaching. And so I feel like I've been, you know, you kind of said the performer is often their own worst critic. And I think that's mostly true, but I feel like the reason that I was finally able to get into my own program was because I was finally able to see myself as talented and change my self-talk. You know, I had to get a lot of coaching and learn to narrow down that comparison and see myself as somebody who was talented because, you know, if all my thoughts, my judgmental thoughts about myself and my performance, I was never able to give a true good performance, at least not as good as I would have liked. It wasn't until I learned through like coaching and honestly therapy that to see myself as talented and to see my talents as an asset that I was able to enjoy performing and frankly do much better at it. And I think that's why I was finally able to get accepted. I just, I had to, I had to stop. I had to learn to see my own talent and let go of the the chattering voices in my brain that were just saying I wasn't good enough and just tell them to stop. That's interesting. So what was the impetus or what brought you to the idea that therapy would really be beneficial for you? Well, I mean, like I said, my mom was always in the world of self-help. And I mean, I shouldn't say therapy. I've been to therapy, but I'd say most of my growth concerning my performing career has been through coaching, which, you know, they're kind of similar. They're under the same umbrella of self-help. But, um, you know, my my mom just had so many uh, like book recommendations and coach recommendations. And she herself is in a way a coach. So she was able to, to help me out with that kind of thing. But, you know, she introduced me to like the secret. Have you ever heard of the secret? That's a book, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a movie as well. And yeah. it's just the idea of yeah. like, you know, get a focus on what you want and like declare it to God or the universe or whatever spiritual force you believe in. 
And, you know, the, the secret kind of oversimplifies it and makes it seem like you just have to declare it and then it's yours. But I kind of learned like to just be bold and asking for what I want. And then with that, if I want it to happen, I have to do some inner work. <laughs> I have to actually believe that I'm good at this. Um, that's just something that my mom always preached. And so I just kind of fell into that, thankfully. That book seems very interesting. What other concepts come from that book that would be helpful for our listeners to hear? Well, I mean, one of them is just that first one that I mentioned is being brave enough and bold enough to declare what you want. I think a lot of people shy away from what they truly want because they're scared and admitting what you want and being real with your desires is scary because, you know, what if they don't happen? What if they don't come true? And it's sometimes vulnerable. We don't, we sometimes don't want to admit what we truly want because we have judgments about it. Like, oh, it's not, I don't know, it's not spiritual enough or, or whatever. So I think just being bold enough to be honest with yourself and be honest with what you really want and to declare that, I think there's lots of power in that. And I think it's just freeing for the individual to just be honest <laughs> and be straight up with themselves and just declare what they want. And then I guess this isn't so much in the book, but just kind of with the whole concept of manifestation, which is kind of what the secret's about, is doing a lot of the inner work, a lot of inner child work. That's kind of what I had to do to start believing I was a good performer and talented enough. I had to, you know, remember times in my childhood where I was told that I was really bad or where I just felt like I was not valued as a performer. My talents weren't valued and that left a mark on me as a performer and my, my subconscious brain. And so I had to, you know, do some, some inner work around that and process those hurt feelings that I experienced as a kid so that I could move forward in real time as an adult being a better performer, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm familiar with the concept of the parent state, uh, the adult, and the inner child. And they all can work in conjunction with one another. But mm -hmm. my thought is, most of the time, we have such a hard time letting that inner child out to experience what you're talking about. The parent or the adult kicks in and says, oh, don't do that. That's childish or that's not acceptable mm -hmm. or people won't approve. And I'm really the person that would say, gosh, who cares what people think? If you want to let that inner child out, let it out and mm -hmm. experience the joy that comes from that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just growing up um, in the world, we are so heavily influenced by society and by other people and yeah just by voices telling us to grow up and to be a, an adult and we kind of push down that inner child and our true desires sometimes and it can be a little bit suffocating but I think so many people just live that way and they're just kind of content with suppressing that inner child and their true desires and it's, it's kind of sad. It is, it's really sad because we're giving in to acceptance of society and what society says mm -hmm. is right and where do we mm -hmm. where do we hear that? Uh, we hear on the media, um, mm -hmm. and we believe it, and I think it changes who we are. If you think about it, we're born as infants, as, and we grow as children, and think about childhood and how happy and carefree it was, and, you know, there was no judging, there was none of that. It was just a happy mm -hmm. time for most people, mm -hmm. and somewhere along the line, we've forgotten that, I think. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. once we, yeah, absolutely, and once we let it out, 
your real true self shines. That's my philosophy about that. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, as a part of becoming a better performer, I had to learn to find the joy in it. Because when I was a child, you know, the whole reason I am on the path that I am right now is just because when I was a kid, I loved performing and it was fun and it brought me joy. And, you know, along the path, I kind of just got tangled in, you know, what society tells me about, oh, I have to be this amount of good and I have to do all of this and I have to be this person in order to make it and to get my dreams and blah, 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 blah. When, you know, I really just had to remember that the whole reason I was doing this is just because it's fun. And if I try to overthink it and work too hard and beat myself up, then I lose the fun. And that's not the point. Yeah, And so I just had to really root back into that. Yeah, that's not the point. You're absolutely right. So if you had to describe yourself, Miranda, give me a few words that would describe who you see yourself as. Oh, didn't see that coming, did you? I'd say <laughs> not quite. Um, that's a good question, though. I'd say ambitious for one of them. There's a lot of really big things I want in my life, and I'm not afraid to admit them, or and or I don't shy away from them, and I'm going for them actively in my life, you know, as much as I can. And I'd say my my dad just used this word to describe me the other week and he said the word real and i i would agree with that i think i'm a very real person i'm i'm a person who has a lot of dreams and ambitions that maybe some people would deem as like not realistic but at the same time i think i am a very real person and who knows how to deal with really hard things in life and real emotions um and how to process things I am a, a life coach as well. I didn't mention that for some reason, but <laughs> I am also a life coach with my own business. And so I, I really have learned and studied how to, to deal with really hard things and, and help people through them. So I would probably say those two okay. as my main, my main ones. You mentioned ambitious and you're not afraid to reach for your dreams. What are your biggest dreams for yourself? To perform professionally. And to, I want to make a lot of money doing it. (laughs) That's another desire that I won't shy away from is I want to live comfortably. Mm -hmm. And I also, I want um, a thriving coaching business. I really care about giving people the help that and the mentoring that I was given when I was kind of in my, my journey of finding myself as a performer and helping people in that way and reaching as many people as possible whether it's performers or just anybody who have really ambitious goals and dreams in life. I want a family as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's like terribly pie in the sky goal, but you know, I'd just say those are my, those are my main goals. And I don't think they're, they're not typical from what I usually see in my typical sphere of people here in Utah. But yeah, those are, it's, it's pretty simple. That's the main thing that I want. Those are the main things I want. Yeah, and you said that you had some hopes and dreams that others might see as unrealistic. I didn't see mm-hmm. anything in what you mentioned that appeared to be unrealistic in any way. Uh, well, I think a lot of people, <laughs> at least that I, I hear where I am, don't think it's realistic to, to move to New York City and, and beyond Broadway. Some people see it as a very long shot sort of thing, which, you know, maybe it is, but, um, why not me? 
yeah, why not you? And maybe it is a long shot, but it's worth taking that shot, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If they look at your dreams, some of them, and, and think, oh, I don't know, that's my, what's the expectations for somebody that lives out in that area? I'll be straight up about it. You be know, real. I'm a member be of the real. Church of Jesus. <laughs> I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and lots of people think it's very unrealistic to pursue a professional performing career while maintaining active membership in the church and raising a family. Why is that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think people see that it's happened before. I mean, I definitely know people who have, you know, graduated from BYU's musical theater program and gone to New York City and they're they're no longer active. So I, I think it's just, you know, it's happened before. And I don't know, I think a lot of people here kind of adapt to a similar lifestyle, which is, is not a problem of, you know, getting married, yeah. Um, yeah. sometimes young, and starting families really early and just kind of settling down in a state that's, you know, maybe a little more close by, not quite so far away as New York City. And again, I don't want to project any judgment on that sort of lifestyle. Sure. I think that's great. Sure. And it's what a lot of people want. But I know a lot of people who subscribe to that lifestyle who don't necessarily agree with the lifestyle that I'm going for. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what makes the world go round. It's what helps us function in society is that we have different aspirations, goals, dreams, talents, abilities. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be cookie-cutter people. Mm -hmm. So I, I yeah. applaud you for your ambition, uh, for your ability to be real, and to just explore the world as you want to. I think that's uh, that's wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wonderful thing. Well, as we wrap up here, Miranda, is there any words of advice or anything that you might say that could be uplifting or inspirational for somebody who might be trying to figure their lives out? And you're a life coach, so I'm sure you have you know, <laughs> lots of wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My go-to would just be to ask yourself what else could be possible. I find a lot of people tend to limit themselves very quickly when there's a desire that they want, but their brain shuts it down because it's not realistic. It's not blah, 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 all these reasons why, but just to entertain the question of what else could be possible and kind of let your mind and your brain go wild with what could be possible. And maybe it doesn't have to be a certain way. And maybe you could achieve this thing. There has been a lot of growth and exploration for me as I've been able to ask that question to myself. So if you ever find yourself stuck or going after a goal that doesn't seem possible, ask yourself what else could be possible. That's what I'll leave you with. Oh, that's amazing. Well, it's been a wonderful half hour to visit with you, Miranda, and uh, mm -hmm. to get to know you a little bit. And I just, I really feel like you're going places in this old world, so. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat. Yeah, you bet, Miranda. Have a wonderful evening. You as well. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode, and remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye.